Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Good morning. It's good to see you. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, find Acts chapter 5. We're going to be there in a minute. Going to go through some other verses before we get there to kind of get everything set up. But uh, let me welcome all of you here this morning. What a beautiful day to be together in the Lord's house. Let me welcome all of you who are watching online as well as those who might be listening at some other point during the week or the month uh, on our podcast. We're just glad to have everybody with us this morning and uh, part of what God is doing here at Eastern Heights. Speaking of, I want you to pray and I'm going to encourage you every week to pray for our search team as we look for our full-time contemporary worship leader and youth pastor. Pray for that team and that person that God has prepared for us. I also want to encourage you to be in prayer for your generosity gift, that we're asking every person to give a gift financially to our Williams Building Renovation Fund, okay? On November the 6th, that's the day that we want to uh, make a big, big impact on that children's building over there. And uh, you see our thermometers over here, we uh, already are up 1,000 from where we were last Sunday, so we appreciate the weekly gifts that are being given already, and the money that's come in, we've got 6000 some odd dollars. We need about, uh, what was it, 65700 something dollars to do uh, all of our projects. So I believe we can raise that on November the 6th, if not before. So uh, be, be in prayer about that. And thanks to all of those of you who were able to come and give of your time yesterday to do some work on the building. We're going to have some more work days because we still have some more work to do. So if you couldn't make it yesterday, uh, hopefully you can make it one of those days in the near future. Today we're going to be talking about in our Unstoppable series, Unstoppable Power. And this is going to be part one of a two-part message because the more I got into it, the more I just got into it, okay? And so I ended up having to just kind of cut it off there after a little bit. So anyway, because I know I'm, I'm, I've got a whole bucket up here I'm ready to go, dump out, and I know y'all are sitting out there with a thimble, right? And you can only hold so much, so I just try to give you what you can hold if, if you can hold that. So anyway, as we read the book of Acts, we see the most powerful demonstration of God's love. It's, it's taking place, and now we are on this unstoppable mission that Jesus has commanded us to act upon, thus the name of the book, the book of Acts. He wants us to do something, right? And so this story is being not only lived out, but it's being told to all of these new people that have never heard the gospel message before. But just imagine if the story had ended differently, okay? As you're reading the account, it says, And there they laid Jesus and rolled a great stone at the mouth of the tomb, and then they departed. And that was the end of the story. Much different story, right? You see, our founding fathers, most of them were what were called deists, okay? Which means they believed in a higher power, but they really didn't believe in a God that actually would intervene in men and women's lives, okay? And so when they read the Bible, they literally took out the virgin birth, right? They took out all the miracles, and especially they took out the greatest of all, the miracle of the resurrection, right? And so when they read the story of Jesus, it kind of went something like this. Jesus was, Jesus was born. He lived. He died. He was put in a cave. There was a big rock rolled in front of it. End of story, right? The deal is, if the story had ended right there, then we wouldn't be right here, would we? There'd be no purpose for it. 
But the fact that the world was so impacted that this handful of ordinary Jews would just go out and they would change the world can only be explained by the power of a resurrection. And it's that same resurrection, folks, that empowers you and I today. Romans chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the resurrection is the most powerful event ever in history. And the preaching of this resurrection, it dominates this entire story of Acts that we are going through. Remember Peter's first sermon back in Acts chapter 2 when he was preaching two different times during that sermon. He said, God raised him from the dead. That was his sermon. Remember when they healed the crippled beggar and they were put in front of the courts to explain what was going on? Two times. He said the same thing. God raised him from the dead. Remember in Acts chapter 4 a couple of weeks ago when the disciples were arrested and they were imprisoned and they were brought out to give an explanation of what was going on and then they were commanded. Whatever you do, you do not go out there and preach the good things that Jesus did. No, that wasn't what they were commanded to not preach about. Were they commanded to not preach about Jesus helping out the poor? No, that wasn't what they were commanded to quit preaching about either. They were commanded to quit preaching about the resurrection of Jesus, right? But Peter, he couldn't help himself. He said, you killed him, but God has raised him from the dead. And so we have to remember today that just like the apostles, when we talk about the resurrection, folks, and if you're taking notes, you write this down because I think it's big. When we talk about the resurrection, we're not just announcing an event, right? We are inviting people to an experience, okay? And that's what's wrong with a lot of churches that are powerless today is they just want to keep talking about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and not so much about what he's doing in changing people's lives today. And so we're not just announcing an event, but we're inviting people to an experience through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit because the resurrection made it possible for us to have this new reality that would be unstoppable, folks. Nothing was going to stop it. Because when God raised Jesus from the dead, he launched an all-out assault on the powers that would be at that time. Now, speaking of time, let's go back in it for just a minute, all right? How many of you are old enough to know that when your dad asked where the remote was, he was actually asking where you were? Okay? Because you weren't going to have to get up and change the channel, right? Well, back in those days, see, families would gather around the TV. Not TVs, you know, not one in every room, including the bathroom and the kitchen, all right? I have been in houses that have those. They have them in their bathrooms and their kitchen. I know kitchens, some of you probably have one in your kitchen, but pray the Lord y'all don't have one in your bathroom. But anyway, if you do, that's all right. But uh, whatever floats your boat. But anyway, we'd all gather around, right? And we'd watch the program that was popular at that moment. And usually there was like one for one or two nights of the whole week because we only had three channels, right? There weren't 50 different popular shows out there to watch, right? We only had three channels. And you could only get that third one if you leaned your head just right, okay? And the reception came in. But we'd gather around the TV, and we would watch some of these popular shows. Anybody remember this show right here? Y'all remember that one? Joe's looking like, what? Yeah, it's the Dukes of Hazard, man. 
And the whole story revolved around this cart named the General Lee, all right? Well, not the whole story. Some of us who were 13 at the time, we watched it for other reasons, okay? If y'all know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it was mainly about the General Lee. And every episode was the same, all right? This General Lee with Bo and Luke Duke. I have to say that slowly because that's hard to say without getting it all messed up. But they would be out and they'd be running around here in the General Lee trying to get away from Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. That's right. And they would fly over these ditches and they'd come flying through barn lofts and 100 miles an hour trying to get to the Hazard County line, right? And once they got to that county line, they would get out of their car and do like this right here, looking all redneck, handsome and hunky and all that kind of stuff, you know. And they would look back at Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane with disdain. And he was just so frustrated because they had made it over the county line. And so what had happened is they had entered this new place where his power no longer applied to them. So believe it or not, this story actually has a spiritual application, all right? Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, talking about Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had, past tense, the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See, those without Jesus, the greatest fear they have is dying. But what God is doing in the death and resurrection of Jesus is he's announcing to the world that the powers that be are the powers that were. They're not in charge anymore. See, the very moment you accept the death and resurrection power of Jesus into your life, you are immediately, at that moment, transported into this new dimension, this new realm that is no longer keeping you as a slave to the fear of dying. And see, what makes that so important for us to understand today is that this isn't just a doctrine for us to believe, it is actually a dynamic to receive, right? You see the difference? It's more than just talking about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. It's telling people about what he's doing right now. We need to receive this and, and tell people about it. So if you personally know Jesus, you have entered into this powerful, two L's, new reality. You're full of this power. And so Paul says... A prayer in Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 for these people, these new Christians at these new churches receiving this new power. All right, and here it is. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. I want you to understand it. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heaven. In the heavenly realm. And see, the new Christians of that day, they had no clue how powerful this new power that had been given to them actually was. And so Paul's prayer was, I hope that you can understand just how much power you have now. I hope you can begin to grasp and wrap your head around what you actually have living inside of you. And then I want you to fully use it to go out and do the mission 
that I've called you to do. And so I think it's the same for us today. I think we have no real idea the power that we possess sitting right here today through our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it is resurrection power that lives in you. And the Bible also says it's the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I've never raised anybody from the dead. I know that's disappointing as your pastor, right? Have any of you raised anybody from the dead? No. But we have that power within us. Because see, this mission that Jesus left us to do was never meant for us to accomplish in our own power. Matter of fact, you never will accomplish it with your own strength. And that's why we have so many mission impossible stories where people out there living self-power under their own strength, trying to do their own thing with their own solutions, and that's why they're failing all over the place. They're not living in the resurrection power of Jesus. We were never meant to live in our own power. So Jesus, who sends us out into the world, he gives us the power to do that mission with before he sends us in Acts 1-8. We've read it a couple weeks ago, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses unstoppable power and again when did you receive that power the moment you believed in jesus when you received you believed and so the book of acts is a story of an unstoppable church on an unstoppable mission because they have been given an unstoppable power by god himself so let's look at it together in acts chapter 5 we're going to look at two verses, 12 and 16. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. Then verse 16. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. So the first thing I want you to see about this unstoppable power that we've been given is that my condition is not hopeless. And your condition, whatever it is this morning, those of you that are sitting in here watching online, listening to the podcast, whatever your condition is, it is not hopeless. Because living in the unstoppable power of the risen Christ means that the way things used to be don't have to be that way anymore. If you're lonely, it don't have to be that way anymore. If you're lost, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. If you don't have any friends, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. If your marriage is in a wreck, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Whatever it is, your condition is not hopeless because of Jesus. You see, the open tomb has opened up possibilities to not just rise above the status quo, but to live this life-changing life that Christ wants us to have and has given us the power to live out. And see, that's why the church did believe in the healing power of Jesus. That's why the church does believe in the healing power of Jesus, and that's why the church will continue to believe in the healing power of Jesus. Because here's the reality. When people are healed, it is a testimony to the world that the power of the resurrected Christ is actually real and that he has hit the streets. Right? But, I believe that we're missing many of the miracles today because we're looking for the miracles of yesterday. So let's get serious now here for a minute. 
And you say, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, let me try to explain it a little bit, all right? I've been in the ministry now for 44 years. I know I don't look it. Thank you. 44 years now. So I know there are dozens of interpretations out there about healing. I know that there are many theologies out there about healing. I know there are different denominational beliefs out there about healing that will go from A to Z. I, I get it. I've heard most of them, okay, studied a lot of them. So I'll be the first one, though, to tell you I don't have all of the answers about healing. I'll also tell you I do believe in the miracles of healings recorded in the Bible. I believe in every single one. I believe every one of them happened just like it is recorded, no matter how crazy some of them might seem, right? Because, listen, folks, don't miss this. It was an unprecedented time when these miracles were happening of proving that Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of God Almighty. And what better way to do that than with a miracle that can't be explained in any other way? Makes sense, right? So, of course, I also certainly believe today, not only in the miracles that were recorded in the Bible, I believe today, and hear me, I believe without any shadow of a doubt that God can still heal today. He can heal anyone. He can heal anywhere at any time, and in any way he chooses to do it. However, I also know that I have never personally witnessed any of the same kinds of miracles that are recorded in the Bible. For example, a mangled arm in a car wreck. I've never seen someone go up and say a prayer and that mangled arm just grow back to a fully, completely whole arm. Never seen that. I've never seen somebody who's been crippled for 40 years, somebody come over there and touch them and them jump up leap through the church, jumping and shouting, giving glory to God. Now, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying that I've never seen a miracle happen in that kind of visual way. I also know from firsthand experience, not every prayer for healing is answered. My mother prayed for physical healing for years. My family prayed that she would be physically healed for years. I prayed for years that she would be physically healed. God never answered those prayers. I had a very close friend and colleague. Served at two churches with him. He got colon cancer. So we prayed for 16 months that he would be healed of his cancer. At the age of 48, he went to be with God because God said no. Our good friend and student pastor at First Baptist Statesboro, Mark Gallo, two weeks ago, went to be with the Lord because of throat cancer. Took his life. And I know his family and that church and us, we were praying that God would heal him. But God's answer was no. And so almost every person in here, you could name somebody that you have prayed for that would be healed, and the answer from God was no. I can show you people in the New Testament whose prayers for healing were never answered. 
So is this easy to talk about? No. I said, I don't have all the answers. But any sentence that begins with, I think, or you think, is really not nearly as important as what God says, right? So regardless of where you are in your particular experiences or beliefs in this area, I want you to hear God's word clearly today. It is not always God's will to heal, especially on demand or in the way that we think he ought to heal. But it is always God's will for us to ask him to heal. Does that make sense? Because it proves to the world that we still believe in this resurrection power, but we also understand that it is dispensed under the direction and the sovereignty of an almighty God. And we need to understand, folks, that healing goes far beyond the physical. In the very passage that we read, it talked about not just physical healing that was done. It talked about people who had unclean or evil spirits were healed. And so, again, I, I, I believe that we're missing the miracles of today because we're looking for the miracles for them to have to look like they did yesterday. And like they were recorded in the Bible. So I know this might be a new way of looking at this topic for many of you. But just hang in there with me for a second, okay? Because I believe there are all kinds of healings that we need today. Some of us need healing in our bodies. We need a physical healing. we got something going on. Maybe cancer, maybe something else. We need a physical healing. But there are also people here who need healing in your spirit. Because there's something broken inside. You, or maybe somebody you know, needs marital healing because they have allowed so many things to get in the way and have too much power in their life, and it's absolutely wrecked and ruined their marriage. Some of you need to be healed from a habit that you've been a slave to and has totally dominated your life for years. There's all kinds of healings that can go on and that we need. That's why Paul says in Romans 6, 7, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And the reason why we need healing in all these areas is because sin is what's in the world. We live in a sinful world, folks. But it's the resurrection power of Jesus that has freed us and allows us to live in a whole different jurisdiction, if you will, a whole different realm. We no longer have to live in those places of sin any longer. That's why Jesus himself declared to doubting Thomas. Remember the story about Thomas who said, I will not believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm one of the followers. But I won't believe until I actually see him myself and touch him with my own hand. And so when that happened, and it did, Jesus showed up in his resurrected body. Thomas visibly and physically saw and touched him. And here's what Jesus said to Thomas in John 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Thomas, this is a good thing that now that you see me, you believe. But for all those that will come after this point in time who believe without seeing me, they're going to be more blessed than you are. So folks, today we are more blessed because it takes more faith to believe without seeing than it does to see, right? And then I want you to look at how John so, so perfectly explains what the days ahead for these new followers in this new church with this new power and this new message 
about a new life that they can have because of a resurrected Jesus. Not Jesus who lived on the earth, but a resurrected Jesus, right? He so perfectly explains how it's going to look different in the days ahead, but it would have the same power. Look at it, verse 30 and 31. The disciples saw Jesus with their own eyes do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him you will have life by the power of His name. And so, I believe John is saying things are going to look differently moving forward. Jesus had a resurrected body. It was visible, but it also could walk through walls. Things were changing, folks. And I don't know what a resurrected body is going to be, but that's, I mean, that's what we know. I don't know what else it will be able to do. But things were going to be different moving forward. And he says, you know, you've got these recorded. And we saw so many more that we can't even record and write down in this book. It'd be too thick. Okay? But they're all there so that you can read about them and you can continue to believe, but just by reading about the recorded versions. Because you know what? The power that is life-changing, the resurrection power that changes a person's life, is not in a miracle. It is in the name of power of his name it's in the name of jesus it's not in the miracle it's in the power of jesus name who caused the miracle and so healing power is still at our disposal but it's always been at god's discretion i believe john is telling us here that these ones recorded in the new testament are for us to continue to believe, but not so much to continue to try to copy, if that makes sense. And for those of us who continue to believe in the power of the name of Jesus, we know our condition, whatever it might be, is not hopeless. And so the big question is, what would turn the attention of people in 2022 to Jesus and Christianity, if we're not going to see these kind of miracles that we read about and are recorded for us to believe in the power of Jesus. What would get their attention? Because, see, if, if they can't see Jesus, they can't believe in Jesus. And since Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for all who will believe, to me that only leaves one option. And that is people have to see Jesus in us that's where that saying comes from people need to see our miracles and people need to hear our miracle stories and I'm looking out at you guys and this is what you miss when you're not here in person I'm looking out at you guys and I am looking at miracle stories in here I'm looking at them I know your stories You've told them. And we need to keep telling them because the miracle changed lives. 
It's nothing more than a preview of the fact that one day the unstoppable power of Jesus is going to wipe away all that binds us here on this earth. All these things that we need delivered from. So what's the takeaway for today? All right, Because we're going to come back to this next week too. So I hope you'll be back for part two. But what's the takeaway today? Two questions. All right. Number one, what miracle do you need? What miracle do you need? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Spiritual? Financial? Marital? Relationships? Because whatever your condition is and whatever your need is, it is not hopeless. If you will continue to believe in the resurrection power of Jesus instead of your own self-power to try to fix it. And then number two, what miracle have you already received? How many of you in this room have had God do a miracle in your life? Raise your hand. Now look around. Look around. God's done a miracle in probably all of our lives. Some of us might not even realize it yet. God is still in the miracle business today because he's in the life-changing business. If you know Jesus, your life has been changed from death unto life, and that's a miracle in and of itself, right? Not to mention some of the other stories out there. But here's the deal. If you've already received a miracle, when's the last time you told it to somebody? And who could you tell it to today or tomorrow? Because people need to see Jesus, folks, and the only way they're going to see him is through us. We've got to show people the resurrection power of Jesus that lives inside of us and has changed all of us and wants to keep on changing us. If we'll get out of the way, he will, right? Let's pray together. Father, it's been a tough thing to talk about today because there have been many times in our lives where maybe we've gotten discouraged because we didn't get the answer we wanted concerning the healing of a loved one and the loss of a loved one. And yes, there are too many situations that are unexplainable. And so I just know that you're sovereign and you're God and you, you do what's always best. And I know that ultimate healing is going to be living in heaven with you for eternity. And so... Many have been healed, ultimately, because they're with you now. But Father, the point of today is not so much about the healing. They are to remind us of the power. The real story today is about the power that we have that lives in us to do the mission you have commanded us to carry on. And that's to tell people that the resurrected Jesus can change their life too. So that's my prayer today, is that all of us would understand and grasp the power that lives inside of us. That it would so change our lives that we would have to tell others about it. May the unstoppable power of the resurrection live through us this week. And it's in the name of Jesus. We ask it together. And all God's people said, amen. I'll be over here to my right, to your left on the way out. If you'd like to talk about spiritual 
situation that you have going on in your life, you'd like to have somebody pray with you about that, I'd be glad to do that with you. If you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart for the first time, I'd be glad to explain more about that with you as well. But let's all stand together as we sing to the glory of God in that resurrection power this morning. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.